0: Hello, you're very welcome to the Owen O'Neill podcast. It's a series of chats with some people we might find interesting. My friend Adam Shapiro has all the recording gear and all the technology stuff and uh, I sit down and we'll be chatting to, going around County Clare particularly, and chatting to people we might, we think are interesting and hopefully you do. If you'd like to donate or contribute to support us in this mission, we'd be delighted and uh, the PayPal account exists and hopefully you see it somewhere. know traditional music and know your traditional music that was the sound of the beautiful concertina and because it's played with that slowness and that kind of rhythm those that know would probably recognize the sound of East Clare. We're here for our very first podcast. My friend Adam Shapiro is here doing sound. Cecil is here. We're sitting around having a cup of coffee. We've come out to Crushing, to a beautiful uh, done up farmhouse. Renovated, as that's from. We're at the house of a good friend of mine and a great musician who you just heard playing the concertina. Our very first podcast, we're at the house of Christy McNamara. How are you, Christy? I'm well, on. When was the first time you ever heard Irish music? Well,
1: I grew up in a house of music, but... um, The first time I remember hearing music would have been, I'd say I was only about three. Maybe not even three, I'm not sure. But... um, it was um, Ren boys came to our house and uh, they were dressed in, in disguise and they had masks and hats and, uh, and I remember they came to the door and they were playing and um, one of them was playing the fiddle and the other I think the tin whistle and they played uh, Faunia Gallon lay and Roddy McCarley. So. I remember those two tunes, but I was frightened. I was really frightened because I didn't know what they were. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe, I I don't even think, uh, I'd say I was, I don't know, between two and three anyway. And uh, I remember being consoled by maybe my mother and said, it's only a knife fiddle. So a knife fiddle was a mask. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell the difference between the, the fiddle. I knew he was playing the fiddle. Mm-hmm. I suppose I knew, and uh, and the fiddle. So I couldn't figure it out. But I remember the tunes I played, which is incredible. That came back to me, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, our house was a house of. Your dad played. Yeah, he played the accordion, and my uncle Paddy played. And then my my uncle Paddy played the accordion. And he played the fiddle as well, but. Um, I never really heard him playing the fiddle that much. And they sang and they danced and
0: uh So we're here in Crushin now and your home where you where you were brought up is only a few miles from here, is it?
1: Yeah, it's about a, just about a mile up the road, a mile and a half.
0: And so, that's where your father
1: came from. Well, his home place would be actually a place called Drumbenef and uh which is really if you're translating that into into English would be like I was born on the pig's back. The pig's back. Drum
0: on it's not It's not a fourth now,
1: no, drum. Yeah. Well, it's really the origin of the word drum is, is, okay, is, right. is a small... The word drumlin came from the landscape oh. around here. So you're on the pig's back ever since, I think. I've been on the pig's back, but uh, my father was born in the same townland. Mm. So it was like... Um, he didn't move that far. And then my mother was from an, a neighbour. She was from a place called Capafia. Capafian, which was a, you know, a mile as a crow flies across the fields, so they were neighbors. They were Great. actually uh, they had relations in common on both sides. Yeah. So.
0: Because you know, a lot of your cousins play music.
1: Yeah. Well, there's a few of them that are well known, like um, on mainly on on my mother's side more so than on my father's side, which is funny enough, and my father's side would have been his own family were very the house that he was born into that he's was a, an open house of music so it was a place where people gathered after their day's work so their house was an open house so there was always music card games there was always uh it was very much part of them, and uh, that family in particular. Like, I remember hearing. His father played the concertina. He was Jim. And he came from a place further up towards Belgrade, a place called Gortanishka. And uh, so he, where he he married my grandmother, and she. She actually lived there. She, It was known as Garvey's Bridge. So uh, it became Max at the Bridge or afterwards. You know, that obviously, have the association of families and names. But it was an open house. But that was kind of their school of music. But growing up, they never stopped talking about it. Uh, so when we were at home, you'd have PJ Hayes would arrive. It was always talking about the band, talking about Joe Cooley, talking about Sean Reid, talking about tunes. My Uncle Paddy had arrived in the bicycle. He often would come and bring us milk, when, you know, when we were So allowed. it was
0: day-to-day life. Music was part of... If there was a christening, if there was a communion, if there was a funeral, the, the music was what bonded the people. I think
1: normal. I think it was as much part of life as as everything else. But it was where I think that it was such a part of them, and I think.
0: Was that for you, or was it for everybody? Were you just in a lucky place, or was that normal society in, in, in when you were growing up in the sixties and seventies?
1: I think my I think that it it was there, but I was very attracted to it, uh, and because my father played, there was an accordion in the house, and um, he his job he worked as. Um, he was a psychiatric nurse, and so was my mother for that. But, but at that time, she had to retire when she got married. You know, that's how life was at then. And um, he worked in the. He was the one the one the principal no- nursing officers in night. He he worked nights mainly, and um, but um, he just had a great draw for the music, and and it was such a part of him. I remember it's the stories like that he never, they never stopped talking about it but it, it was as if like when Paddy would come down again they, they, they could lock in and play tunes so and this one would be pulled out maybe or Paddy would have to play if he came in or even my grandfather I remember Jim when we were again small we would hear him coming uh, and we'd go and meet him as children and uh and he'd walk in but i can remember a nearly memory of him he he loved the ch- tune the yellow tinker and uh, i remember him, him lilting that for me into my ear and his hot breath wetting my the side of my face but i can remember him doing it do 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 da but da 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 little little da 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 la da little da that was passing around if you like and when you went did you have lessons no you just picked up the concertator box? um but well, there, there was an accordion in the house but i was second in line so, and I wasn't really that good anyway, so I was under no pressure. But my my older sister Mary was was like, she was a, she was an absolute star. She she had more music than than I would ever have. Mm-hmm. So she it was left down, so you picked it up and 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 wondered. We didn't have instruments, so but the, my father used to buy harmonicas, like so you'd have. There'd always be a few harmonicas, you'd be blown into them or whatever. But it, it's not really like now where there I are former that. classes and teaching, but I think for me it was where Mary could play like m- much easier. So if anybody came to the house, Mary would be asked to play. and, and uh, But I wouldn't, you know, I wasn't that good, you know. But I, I was happy enough not to either because... Um, it, it was, it, I never even thought about that,
0: whereas for me, I just do it in the quiet and... Uh. I know now that you've, you're thinking a lot about music, you're composing a lot of music and life, bringing it right up to the present, I know you've an album completed of your own um, compositions and um, the music became very important to you, I know that, but also photography became what your, it was your career, photography became your life or was it both at the same time where your life? I think I think that
1: um I, maybe a time in my life came when music was always important but it was I just loved it but I didn't really consider myself to be I never really thought I'd be good enough to be able to to do it and or have the confidence because I was incredibly shy and and are you still shy I am in ways, yeah. I am in ways, but um, people would probably disagree on that, but at the same time I'm I'm, I'm very private in, 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 in my way, but I, I always found that music was a place that, I mean, it's a challenge to learn to play, and but I learned from listening so learning to listen was, was really important and uh, I suppose when you're a child and you hear it around you that it soaks in but it didn't it didn't permeate into everybody in the family but I think that no two people had the same experience but Mary was was uh, I have to say she was just incredible.
0: And in later life you went to the States and was the music an important part of your life then? Did it, did it kind of define who you were give you some kind of definition when you were was in New York you were in? Yeah, I spent
1: uh, I spent some time in New York, and uh, but I had I had been away before that. i lived I went to Australia for a year. And was music craft that world? It was, yeah. I brought my accordion with me, and in a way, that was in nineteen eighty seven or eight, nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight.
2: So,
1: who was down there? Was Joe Fitzgerald down there? Well, I never actually got to meet them because who did you meet? I met people like um, people like Paul Louden. There was, a, there was there was a whole there was a whole politics here now. Yeah Paul that lives here. He was uh, met him I met people like um, There was a, a great some great characters around it. There. there was I remember I shared a house with, with musicians in Sydney uh, People like Pat Lines. there was a Sean was it Sean Keane, there was a It was like a house where musicians congregate, but I think for me music in in traveling because i lived in london after that uh and, and photography then, you know, brought
0: to all these places
1: well i decided like i i grew up like uh leaving school and doing a, an apprenticeship as a plumber and i worked as a plumber for the first half of my of my working life uh and uh, and then again i i was on that particular path so for me, I, I'd always have the accord in the car, so you, you could end up anywhere. And uh, but music was always part of it. But at the same time, to, to, I changed my life. Would we'll say maybe nineteen
0: ninety. So, let's let's say you're you're walking, you're, you're getting the, the the plane to New York. You arrive in New York. Yeah. Did the music bring you somewhere first? Did it, it kind of set you on a on a on a on a social life, on a social way of being? Are, is New York good like that for you? Um, well,
2: I
1: think the, broadly speaking about, about music and, and, and community and in a way, going back to my time in Australia, I realised that I, I did not expect to hear what I heard and that was the first time I saw someone who would be playing the flute in the might of a concertina and then the... whereas you never saw people playing... Twinsworth but suddenly like you had this thing where people where the people brought the music with them when they had nothing else so immigrants brought the music and uh, and it defined them in their identity it was something that connected people with their own place so I think that I became very aware through traveling which I've done a lot of of the sense of identity and uh I couldn't really differentiate between music and place, as I think back on it. So, if you take the 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 influence of the, say for, for example like the early recordings that came out in New York and from Morrison, Coleman, you know Ledoux baron all those people like mainly the psycho influence, and. Uh, so when that came back, it kind of validated the music in, in localities. But in a way, they would never have heard that kind of music before, but they thought that's how you play it because America had given it the green light. But then again, you see it in the context of, of community, you see the context of
0: belonging. Right. Well, I, well, I suppose what I'm trying to find, did you find a community in New York because of your music? I did.
1: Tell I did, know. yeah. I'm interested
0: about that. Is it, is, it, is it like, it seems to me that no matter where you go, you'll find a band, it, it, I've been done a if, fair bit moving, and there's always a, a place where you'll find people that play music that you like, and they're the people that you want to be around. Did you find that new? York? I did, I found
1: it everywhere I've, I've been really, that. Uh, but it's also, it's, it's unbelievable that that the music that, 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 is, that was never written down or that was carried by somebody in their head that it could have that influence on on generations like and the amazing thing about it is that in immigrant communities when they had left home that's all they had so they they
0: yeah, and the American can, situation is, is quite different now some of the best musicians in America yeah. have no contact there are no relationship with yeah like there's some fantastic uh, Bart, uh, Larf, uh there's lots of great Musicians over there that have absolutely no connection to Ireland, and they're some of the most fantastic exponents of Irish music I've heard. Did you find that? Absolutely, but I think it's 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 the spirit of the music
1: that that that's that that really is, or the the power of the melodies,
0: the rhythm. Yeah, and uh, I think what I'm really trying to figure out is how you met, how you lived in America. Was it lonely? It was, yeah. I mean, I, I
1: it, it like, New York doesn't take any prisoners, so if you want to... That's what I want, Christy. Yeah, me all that, Tell me all that, me all uh, the, all
0: that what, what life is really like, the, the hard days. Yeah, I know. And how it, the music might have helped.
1: Yeah, but I think... Yeah, of course, uh, of course, when you go away... I mean, I went to... I went to New York, really, in maybe 2010 to about 2016, 2011. But it was really... We had an economic crisis here, so one has to do something, and I had that opportunity, and I failed it. But uh, again, like that, I was interested in 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 America from you mentioned photography because I had been. That was my chosen career, but at the same time, I always ended up in music was part of so a part of my life. But in New York, it. I I spent time in Boston years ago, and I, and I I thought, you no, know, uh, Boston had a better community to it music wise. I thought New York is 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 very different in the sense that it's it's a very high paced life, so it, it's it takes a while to get your foot in the door, and uh, but it, as well as that, it, it's a, sin, a city of endless possibilities too. So you can carve out your own niche in what you do, so...
0: But, like that, you, you Well, I, I just listen to your music, and it's... It's, it's, it's music of East Clare, it's, 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 it's got that same momentum to it that, that music in East Clare would agree. Well, it's a... That's an accent, I think. Yeah, an
1: accent, and exactly. of, where and also, it? I see where you live,
0: it's you, you're, this is the most beautiful place out in the country. Yeah. And I imagine, and maybe I'm wrong, that New York would be the most lonely place on earth. Absolutely. And you could be
1: sitting here in your own and not be one bit lonely. Well, you can be lonely in any in a course, crowded, in a crowded room. You can be, I think a lot of it is, is um, loneliness is, I think is part of the human condition anyway. So we can all suffer from it. But I think if you're away from home or if you have to leave it, for example, if you take the, the, the thing of immigration for whatever reason or exile, mm. And if you take, take the lamenta- lamentations for home, the sense of home, the sense of belonging. And I think in the Irish context, because we have been immigrants, exiles, um, oppressed as a, as a, for, for centuries. The fact is that um, it was never an easy leaving. So if you take, I always think of, of pieces of music that really evoke that kind of thing, for example, it's only when you put them in, into context, like A Storm o' Cree, like A Storm or Cree, when you're... A Storm o' Cree, when you're far away from the home, you'll soon be leaving. Tis many's the time, by night and by day. Your heart will be sorely grieving The stranger's land may be bright and grand And rich in treasures golden You'll pine, I know for the long, long ago And the love that is never olden.
0: I see in your wall that uh, one of the great, uh, iconic photograph from Donegal of uh, Johnny Darty and Derek Bourne's uncle, uh, P.K. And uh, that was... A famous photograph by Jill Friedman. I think you told me once that she was a huge influence on
1: your work as a photographer. She she inspired me. That that picture inspired me. And uh, when I was interested in photography, uh, I remember because it could be
0: one of yours. No, no, it could <laughs> yeah. be. So, yeah, what is, you're, that's you're,
1: a great compliment, you know. So well, uh,
0: your your photographs are, are well they're they're very very special. History happens so fast. Like I, I know your photographs and I've been around those situations when when you were taking those photographs, and all of a sudden, thirty years later, or you know, thirty five yeah. years later, or twenty five years later, they're history. Yeah, you, and you've been there to document that, and I think people love it. Well, uh, I've been lucky
1: too, but a lot of it was that I, uh, I suppose uh, I had had a, the gift of being able to see what was happening, and um, to. Understand. So it was really if you, taking photographs. I had to find a way of doing that. When when I saw that picture of Jill Friedman's, it, it sort of, I said, well, she got it. And uh, and I thought, well, if I could do that, I'd be doing well. It's like hearing somebody play, that you hear somebody say, well, when, when you're young, you can possibly do that. You know, it would be... As a child, we played All-Ireland finals outside in the... Beside our house, you know, and and we won won them for Claire. But w- when you're young, everything's possible. And the fact is that that was a light bulb moment for me. But it, I had
2: I actually met. That photograph was you met Jill Friedman.
1: I met Jill Friedman because uh, 2006 was it 2006? Yeah, I had an exhibition, my first solo exhibition in New York, and uh, in a gallery in Seoul called the Morrison Hotel, and. Uh, big opening it was lovely yeah saw pictures on the wall we got loads of people to come along so I met the New York musicians came along as well because I invited them all and uh, it was fantastic but this woman walks up to me and she said I just want to congratulate you on your exhibition I said thank you and uh, then she told me her name and she said I I asked her her name and she said I'm Jill Friedman and I said you inspired me by by that picture. Just one, one photograph? One photograph. And I said, so we became friends out of that. And, uh, and yeah, we we always maintained the contact. And uh, she passed away about a year and a half ago, I think. And, uh, but it, it, it was like, I think in some ways, I think I probably met her as well, because I remember meeting an American woman. I was in Kelly's in Carmody Street and she was photographing what was going on, and I got talking to her, because I was interested in fo-
2: mm.
1: photography, but like that, at that time, I was probably a teenager, I wouldn't know much about it, I uh, eventually got a camera, but um, I, I remember her doing that, and, and I, I remember asking her about that, and she said, yeah, she often went there when she'd fly into Ireland, she'd go to OD's and have a, you know she hung out in bars and she she got right into it and uh, but um, she um, she was a, a hard working photographer that made her mark in, in other bodies of work as well but I love black and white because mm-hmm. uh, and I was trying to figure out how I, how I could capture what was happening without interfering uh, because I think Being a musician meant that, well, I was going to be... I was part of it myself, so it was... It's like being part of the community. So if somebody put the flash on, like, that was it. If somebody blazed you with flashes, that was it. You upset everybody. So a lot of it was in getting into the right position to take the photographs or chasing something or not taking a photograph was as important as taking them. So sometimes it was so delicate that... if you could just interfere with what was happening, so sometimes it was, it's like maybe
0: you've taken photographs of, of wakes of bodies and coffins. You've, you've you know you've been right there, right where where, where the stuff is happening at the time, and years later they're such important, they're so important those photographs because they give us an insight into how how, how we lived, and it's only thirty years ago, but it's a lifetime ago.
1: Yeah, but it's 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 um. I think you get insights into what's happening by maybe uh, sometimes uh, just being aware of, uh, of, of what's happening around you. You probably don't see me with a camera all the time. You know, I it, never see you with a camera. Yeah, so no. the one thing that I, I would be very sensitive about is how I do it. So I wouldn't want to attack anybody with a camera, and I never have. And so I'd be very aware and sensitive to what was happening. So if I do take pictures, I know when to take them or when not to take them. And uh, but it's like ongoing. I have probably created a body of work which is um, of probably national or international importance in the context of what it documents. I think
0: so. And I think uh, so. you you have your your, your I mean. Your photographs are are, are are kind of they're they're are everywhere in a nice way. In a really nice way. You've you've like you have you've made an album of, of traditional music, you've had so many art exhibitions, you also write, you've you've been involved in a few books and, and I know that you have completed maybe thirty or forty original tunes that you've written yourself and you're going to write about those tunes and put it out as a package. Is that right in the next...?
1: Yeah, well, it's, 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 a, it's a, an ongoing project. Going back to, I, I suppose, inspiration that...
2: Uh,
1: again, you, you go back to mentioning the word loneliness. So I remember at one time that I could be walking the streets of New York and, and suddenly, like, I, a melody would come into maybe a bit of a tune and uh, in the whole madness of it so a lot of it was that it was like where does this come from like and i didn't think any more of it than than just saying i'd be like a few notes of a melody might might just hit you because you felt missing home or you thought about something but it made me reflect back on where i was from what it was about and the fact that you didn't have that beside you meant that you were living in a different environment where it was whatever you're feeling it it, it came through in that way so it, it it was i have no idea like i never i don't know where music comes so i think that maybe somebody sends it on if you're paying attention you know that, that play yeah. tune with your own
2: Huh?
1: play one your own compositions um i will i'll play the concertina
0: sound of the concertina here in Crosheen the birds are singing it's a beautiful day in June and uh, Christy McNamara we've been to Crosheen we've been to Australia we've been to the United States and this is a we're just reaching where you're at now it's a, a composition, tell us about that tune. it's a lovely
1: tune um, they, I don't know what to say about them really other than the
0: How are you enjoying the music these days? Is it it different now than it was? Is there something going on?
1: I think so, yeah. Um, I think the friendships that are made through music, the the connection, the human connection really that you have. Music played to other people probably has more meaning in a sense than maybe me sitting here playing at home, which I do. I mean, I pass out instruments here. When I feel like that could be in the morning, if I if I get a fit, or I could play for two minutes or five minutes, or maybe.
0: But you play out quite a lot.
1: I do, yeah, and uh, that, that's. I think it's. Um, More than it, you've ever played, I
0: think, if, I, if I'm right.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, um, I suppose again, like my career is, is has been one. If you're one is a professional artist, it, it's it's um, you use whatever tools you have in the box to make your living but as well as that it's it's um i've just found that music is a great way of of i can't get away i wouldn't want to get away from it. but it's also a way of reconnecting with people friendships having conversations but also it's it's such an important part of of life for me i, I can't imagine life without it and uh, so people ask me are you a photographer or are you a musician, or what? You know. So sometimes people ask questions, and the, I may not have the answers for myself. But I think a lot of it would be. Um, I I feel blessed to to be at this stage where I can express myself as a as a human being through different forms of art, like photography, like. Um, playing music, composing music and I realised then that suddenly I have to tell the story of what that piece is so this is where I'm at creatively now so probably I'm at a very good time in my life in in that I think when when you, you reflect back on things and uh, you give context but I think music that, that is heartfelt is probably what is most important. Do you think
0: a lot of music is heartfelt these days? I think some people
1: I I um I, I just watched a documentary on the Newport uh, festival there and I saw was it Odette? Odetta. Odetta. Mm. And I just said, well that's from the heart. Mm. Like, you know
0: They had an energy I saw so, that too, I think, was that the over John May has in nineteen sixty three. Yeah. And and I thought there was so- for folk music I it had such excitement, it was almost like punk. Yeah. There were singing folk songs but there was an excitement there. That but
1: but it's it's the music that's heartfelt and I think I think music is never in a fixed place in the sense that it evokes how you are but you can play music and be very good at it but you can have all the you can be very uh, skilled in, in playing notes but it may not necessarily evoke the best music sometimes the best music could be played where where you where you feel the emotion in it and I, I remember going back to the power of music again i remember being on a subway years ago in new york this is before i lived there and uh, there was a blind woman and she, she she was singing on the subway and she had like a sweeping brush to walk with but I will never, ever forget the power of her music. She was a, a black woman. But, I mean, it, it, the power of her music. Like uh, I stayed on the train like until she got off. And then I had to go back. I lost about a half an hour. But it was worth it. Mm. And I followed her into the next garage. So it's just, uh, when you hear something like that. But um, going back to being in New York, I, I mean, I got to play with all kinds of different people. I remember one time being asked to do a gig by, it was Niall Connolly, he's from Cork, he's a singer-songwriter. And I used to go to all these open mic things, you know, singer-songwriters. So he asked me would I do a gig with um, a percussionist from India, of Indian background, who grew up in London, and uh, a singer from Pakistan. So we did, it was, it was incredible, so they threw me into the mix. So this was interesting, you know. So in the middle of it all, uh, we were doing it in. I think it was a Path Cafe in in uh, the West Village, and I said, I said, I, I feel a bit like Kashmir here, you know. So, and half the people didn't get it, you know. I was in the middle, like so that with Indian one side and okay. Pakistan and <laughs> the other. So, <laughs> so it was. And, uh, Sometimes you have to explain these jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it was like. You just realize that 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 the music connects people, yeah. and I was interested in, in in exploring things that I that I wouldn't know of. You
0: brought a crowd of uh, flamenco guitar players here. From I did, this, yeah, from New York one
1: time. Yeah, the 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 Cintron brothers from well, they're eventually they're they're really from Salamanca in, in in Spain, but I got to meet them because I used to go. They, they played in in a in a, a, a sort of a tapas bar and. I could hear the it, but I actually got to meet them and then eventually ended up playing with them. And uh, it was through a musician that I, uh, that, that knew them. It was a woman called Jane Kelton in New York. And uh, she told me about them. So I, I used to go down on Tuesday night and just listen. And they, but they were soulful. And eventually I ended up playing with them. And... Uh, so I, I I play along with their songs. And then I remember one night, the, the uh, Christabel was singing Irish Ways and Irish Laws. and Irish Ways and Irish Laws. And I said, no, you're doing that wrong now. And they told me the story. So I, I ended up singing a verse of Irish Ways and Irish Laws. Let's hear it. Oh, God. Once upon a time there was... Irish ways and Irish laws villages of Irish blood waken to the morning Waken to the morning But anyway they ended up telling me about finding the moving hearts tape in an Irish bar that they played in, in upstate New York and begging the men to give it the with them eventually, mm. and uh, so suddenly, I, I they were very soulful in what they did as well. So I remember getting an opportunity to do a gig, and I asked, I, I had three guitar players. One was from Chicago, could play anything, and then the two gypsies, and I said, we did it all at the art the American Irish Historical Society. But they had the feeling. That's all he wanted. Mm-hmm. So it it was and then they came here to play at the winter music weekend in Six Five Bridge.
0: You've always been surrounded by nice musicians. Your 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 first album, your uh, album that's been out now about four or five years, the house I was Read, and this the, the, you you have some great guest musicians on that. I know personally from an accompanist point of view I love the way Dennis Call plays the, bazoo- the bazooki on it. As it yeah, yeah. Is it all bazooki plays? No, own? he played guitar on it as well, well. But And Martin Hayes is on it and Padre O'Loughlin is on it and who else is on that? Liam
1: Lewis, Eamon Lewis is on and Eamon Cotter. Eamon so Cotter, Eamon Cotter, Cotter yeah. they, they're what people. a fantastic lineup, up yeah. yeah. Well, t- to be honest about it, um, that was my first recording. I didn't really, I never got involved in recording because I was never ready for it and I thought that I just get the people I like to play with anyway. So they were all friends. They were old people I would have played with over the years, and uh, we just played the music that we knew. And I think in that one, I, I think I had two compositions on that. Uh, that was my uh, from years ago, and uh, I think the music is solid. You, you know, you don't you don't need to worry about it. Uh, uh, like Martin and I are cousins anyway, so we. We would lock in, I think, if we played or... or but that would be conversation as well. So it's the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. music and conversation and friendship and, and love as well. So mm-hmm. it's it's the love of the the people you play with. And, and uh, I think if you do things with really an open heart where, where it's not about the ego, or about look what I can do. Uh, you don't... If you take the ego out of it and if you just concentrate the power of the music is enough and I think the to let the emotion come through in in what you do rather than you can you've got to refine your craft learn your instrument and work at that so but at the same time it's the the spirit of it that's important the conversations and the 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 gift of being able to play for people in a room where you never know what is happening in anybody's life I often think about that because i've played music at all kinds of occasions like from very you know f- from funerals like and that includes my own family and other people who have would have asked me to play for them when they were still walking around and said i want you to do this for me mm-hmm. and uh, when you when you think of somebody who the power of that at a time that i think that the music can change depending on the occasion depending on the circumstance. And sometimes I've played at the graves of people. I've played at the, at the churches where... I, I remember one occasion going to a funeral of a young girl who I didn't know, but I knew the family. And in the cathedral in Ennis, when, when I went up to shake the hands of her parents... She died tragically young, and her parents turned around and said to me, would you play at her grave now? And I said I would. And I, I, I came home, and I went to the grave in Drumcliff, and I was there, and I said I'd play a McCree. That was the song that I sang earlier on. And I remember, like, I could feel the weight of emotion of a community, place, a family, grieving at that particular point where where there was such emotion in the air. And when I stopped playing, I was crying without crying. And I didn't know it. But all I could do was just turn and walk away. But when you see people at the, de- the height of their grief, That they thought of that, like it'll just tell you, like the power of it, and it's not about being a musician. It's about being able to do something in for somebody, maybe reach out or whatever. But you leave it there, and you you'd be grateful you could do that. But we're blessed with gifts. I mean to be able to do that but it's it's um yeah it's it's probably the most powerful thing that, that, that there is and uh i think i remember my father used to say that um, joe cooley he was always talking about joe cooley he said when joe went to america i think he was in chicago and he and he said you know that irish music brought people to their senses So he had that magic in his way of doing it, where he connected with something that's beyond you, that's beyond being human. It's nearly like something of the fairies. I think there was an association like that. The people believed that the music came from somewhere else. That it was as if, like you tapped into another world that was beyond you. And in some ways, if you believe in magic, I think. Music, this music is magic. I think you can reach something beyond everything else. So
0: are you looking forward to what's
1: to come? Absolutely, yeah. I'm, uh, I'd like to do my best in what I do. And uh, this particular project is called... Uh, where my heart lies so it's really about the connection between music and place and people and the living memory of place like in this room that we're sitting in here uh, there was an old woman who lived in the the cottage right at the top this particular room was the dairy her name was Anne woods she played the concertina i probably met her when i was a child but um it's um i'm conscious of her the presence of people who lived before me and I have I found some old photographs of, of, of those so it'll be a juxtaposition of photogra- photographs but I, I in a way I people present themselves to you in this in the they come to mind so some of the tunes are for people that I don't even know and some of them are very close to the bone in that you know, from love to loss to...
0: You had a brother that died tragically when you were young.
1: Yeah, well, th- he died when he was 23, but my youngest brother, Paul, and uh, that now is 30 years ago. So he'd be... Car crash. He was killed in a car crash, yeah. And uh, you get catapulted into a very... Strange place and and uh, unfortunately like the I don't like to go back to it, but um, I mean imagine driving along in your car and hearing it on the radio and that's what I heard So And then you count all the people, you know called Paul McNamara and then You stop counting and uh, that's before mobile phones, but anyway I'm not the only person to lose somebody with tragically. I did, yeah, and it came maybe 25 years later. Yeah, and uh, that came while I was in New York. So the
0: music is always there as a it, it, to, with your emotions. It's all, the, there's something going on as If that's your prayer, like right? that, to, to play a tune or to create music, brings you close to the people that you you are with always.
1: Yeah but it, I think that particular piece I, I struggled with that for a long time but it was, I think it was a feeling I never knew where it was going to go mm-hmm. and suddenly I, resol- I resolved it because it's in the accordion and I was short sharp one note on it and the only place I could find it was on the bass
0: So Won't you play it? I will yeah Well I'll tell you what Christy we'll, 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 we'll finish at this and I want to thank you so much because this is my first podcast and I had no idea what we were going to do. You know, I don't, I, our friends are here, Adam and Cecil, and we're sitting around having a cup of tea. But it was just, a, it was lovely. And I really, really appreciate it. And I've, I just want to tell you in public that you've, you've a huge body of work done and, and, and still coming. and uh, A lot of people admire what you're doing. Keep doing it. Thanks Thank you very much, Christian.
1: Well, it's, for it's that my day. pleasure. And it's, it's lovely to have music in the, in the kitchen. And around the table I think it's it's a real privilege it's very intimate and uh, again I'm part of I'm one spoke in the wheel of, of Irish music and I think the state of Irish music is in a very healthy place because people are playing it people love it and I think it's the love of the music and it's very rich it doesn't need anything more than heart and soul it doesn't matter anything more but I think it would raise the dead, you know, and it does. But they live on through it, you know.
0: So thanks, Christy McNamara, for inviting Adam and Cecil, Adam Shapiro and Cecil, and myself here this evening for my first podcast. And uh, I'm, I'm uh, delighted, delighted with us, and I really enjoy the chat. And thanks for everything. You're very, very welcome. <coughs>